the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Hope that you're doing well. Really excited about uh, today's uh, program. I've got two uh, guests uh, with me, Caitlin Perez and Elisha Kempf, and they are students in our E4 program at RMC. And E4 is a a gap year program, uh, taking a year out of your life to really seek the Lord and seek His heart, get to know Him in in a better way. So thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is a blast. <laughs> I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what E4 is. Um, E4 is kind of just taking a year off of our life to really just go and just discover who God is and just our calling to um just to missions and um just to share the gospel ultimately. And through this, we're able to also um. Like God is able to work in us to better ourselves where we just, be- we become more dependent on God and just put him in our everyday lives and just really see like the importance of just really like, submer- like submerging yourself with God. I thought that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, what's your version, Elisha? How would you describe uh, <laughs> yeah. E4? Um, like you said, just that 10 month discipleship gap year program where you just take a break from all that craziness and before your high, uh, after high school and before college. Um, and you also get the opportunity to live in another country for about mm. four months. Mm. So we've got this first semester right now that we're in right now, and then we're moving to Peru. We live there for four months, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go from four, split up to four countries from there, um, and just live alongside missionaries and do work mm-hmm. with them and do excursions in the country and all of that. It's just the, some of the coolest stuff. I've just always mm-hmm. wanted to do something like that, and then having the opportunity to to do that is just crazy so i went to the meeting and i heard about the traveling and then the stuff they're gonna be teaching and how they're gonna how they were gonna kind of go about it i just knew it was for me i was like that that's that's gotta be it well we're really excited as leadership because we've been praying about for a long time ways to invest in young people and it's been a tough answer to come up with you know we Mm -hmm. know your generation's going through a lot but how does the church uh, invest in, in young people and there's a lot of like really broad ways to invest in young people doing big events and those type of things, which I think have their value. Uh, but it seems like E4 really goes deep. I mean, you guys have got oh, yeah. 10 months where you're taking classes, you're getting challenged, you're getting encouraged. And what, we're only six weeks in so yeah. far? Wow. <laughs> six, yeah, seven, yeah, we're, on se- we're on our seventh week, I believe. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. cool. Was it a hard decision uh, for you guys to decide 
to take this 10 months to seek the Lord and grow in him. It's not the traditional route. Like how did you hear about E4 and how did you come to that place of deciding it was for you, Kate? So for me, well, personal answer, I feel like it was one of the easiest decisions of my life, but at the same time, a very hard one as well. Um, I discovered about E4 when I attended Roots Church and um, that's a, um, a satellite church of Rocky Mountain Calvary. And I visited there one week and they were showing a promotional thing for E4. And my mom was like, wow, that's something that you kind of have been looking for. And um, a few months ago, I had been looking into a gap year program just to take some time off of school and then never found anything. So I was just like, oh, okay, like that's the way, like God's just going to close that door. But then, no, God was just telling me, be patient. Like I'm preparing the way for you. And a few months later, E4 came up and I decided to look into it more. And after looking on the website and praying a lot, I really felt the Lord opening the door for that. And it was just the right time to take off with school. And my lease was ending right as E4 was starting. Okay. And so it kind of opened the door for that. So you were already living on your own prior to this. Yes. I was living with um, my best friend at the time. And so we lived in an apartment together for a year and I started my first year of college. Okay. What college were you going to? I was going to Pikes Peak Community College. Okay. So was it hard to pause your kind of traditional education and and take a break from from Pikes Peak? Um, I would say Or was it easy? Uh, were you like, ready? I'd say it was a little difficult, but at the same time easy. Um kind of that year of my life was discovering kind of like what it means to live on my own. And um, part of that came with a lot of challenges. And one of them was that I was diagnosed with severe depression during that time. And so right before I was diagnosed, my first year of college, I ended up failing out of most of my classes. Okay. And um, the second semester, right before I actually heard about E4 is when God started really repairing my heart. And then I actually started excelling at school. So the mm. completely opposite. And um, yeah, so after that, I kind of knew that like maybe I need to take a break from school and just see like what else the Lord wants me to do right now. Um, after a while, I kind of was stuck in this mindset of I want to do so much more with my life for Christ mm. because living in an apartment and going to college Like that is a great way to um, minister to other college friends, but going to community college and living on my own, you don't really have a lot of those connections that you can at a university in that way. And so I just, I knew that I wanted to serve the Lord so much more and to go all in. And then E4 came up shortly Mm. after that. And that was the Lord telling me, okay, this is your chance to go all in. This is your chance Mm. to completely serve me for every single day for 10 months. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm really glad you took the plunge and have joined D4. How about for you, Elisha? Was it a a tough decision to invest the 10 months and try to come up with the money and all those things? No, I I think it came up right around the time where I was almost desperate for it. I think if if it came up any, like any earlier, it would have been. But you see, I, I was like, I was in this process of like just doing my whole thing, my life. And then it just hit me. I was like, ah, I need to make sure I need to get God back in the picture better. I'm not, you know, he's not, I'm putting him on the shelf too much. And so I remember just kind of being like talking to my dad. I was like, I'm not, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of like just doing all this stuff. And 
I'm, God's not in it, and I need to like focus my mind and like get away from all this stuff. And I even mentioned like some some uh, missions trip. He's like, "Why would you do that?" I'm like, "I just to get away from here, just to get out, yeah, just to leave." And he was like, "Well, just calm, <laughs> calm yeah. down, yeah, go to this meeting, the E4 meeting that we had, you know, talked because we heard about it a couple times." And it's like, "Okay, okay, I'll just go to this meeting." So I went to the meeting, and they had mentioned, and like they they said everything that I was complaining about, they addressed, huh? And they were like, and I was like, "Oh." I see. And then I went home and I was like, I'm just going to pray about it for 24 hours. And in that, and after that's done, then if it's a no, then I'm not going to think about it again. If it's yes, then I'm, then I'm all in. And it took me like 30 seconds of prayer. And I just felt just really like pressed to be, so as I continued praying, I was like, all right, that sure, this is it. (laughs) I was already at that point where I like, I needed it. And so Mm -hmm. it just kind of came in. I was like, all right, here we go. That's cool. So you jumped right in. It's awesome how God had prepared both of your hearts. And I think that's uh, sure, yeah. how God often works in our lives is mm-hmm. he's out in front of us and he's preparing us for something that we didn't even know existed yet. Yeah. And then it comes into our life right. and it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely for me. Because I'm, I'm sure there was people your age that heard about E4 and they're like, this is not for me, you know? And so God right. had really prepared your heart and gone before you, so... Yeah. How about the finances? E4 is not accredited. You can't take student loans for it. How, how, <laughs> yeah. did, how did God provide uh, for you to, to, to come into E4? We've, we've got about a minute before the break. And so maybe we'll come back to this, but uh, yeah. Elijah, let's go with you. Was it, was it tough coming up with the money? Um, honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was, but after, you know, I kind of met with a couple of the guys that knew what they were doing in terms of fundraising and kind of gave me some tips and pointers on how to do that. So I came up with a couple of the strategies, you know, like obviously your letters, I sent letters out to all the people, my friends and family and that I knew would support me that I'd like talked about this before with them. Yeah. And, um, but mainly there was this, uh, there's director friend I had that just really was on fire for the Lord and heard about it. She was just so supportive. She actually funded quite a bit of that. Wow. So That's really awesome. Provided. I'd love to hear your story, Kate, when we come back from the break of how God uh, provided. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. We're talking about E4, RMC's Gap Year program. So stay with us. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back on 100.7 The Word. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well and just having a great, great afternoon. Just to remind you, Crosswalk is Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 on 100.7 The Word. This is a local show focused on Southern Colorado. Also, you can find us on podcast anywhere that you stream your podcasts at Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I've got a really fascinating discussion uh, today. Uh, we've got Elisha and Kate. They're students at E4, our gap year program. And we're talking about how God provided uh, for you to come into the program. So what was your journey? Was it, was it hard coming up with the money for E4? I love telling the story because it just points to God so much. Um, so when I first decided to be in E4, um, I didn't tell anybody, not even my parents or my family. and. Um, I was living on my own, but I kind of was more living more like paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah. So I so didn't have a it's lot tough. saved up for E4. It was very <laughs> tough. A lot of working, a lot of school. Mm-hmm. And um, 
after I decided I actually didn't have a lot of support from my friends or even mm. my parents, they're like, whoa, you're going to Peru? You just decided this on the whim? And like, yeah. even though it wasn't on it's the whim for the me. Because yeah, yeah. I knew God opened the door so fast. Um, but months later, um, E4 starting to approach and it is now one month before E4 starts and I have only raised a thousand dollars out of the money. And, mm. um, for E4, it's a little over $13,000. Yeah. And so my last day of working comes in and I work as a waitress at a diner and I was not even supposed to work that day. I was supposed to work like a busser shift. So cleaning tables and stuff. Right. And somebody lost their voice, one of the waitresses there. And so they asked me to step in. And so I said, sure, like, I'll do that. It's my last day. I'll get to, like, say bye to all of our regular customers. And I have this one table, and I'm taking their food order, and they just randomly asked me, what can we pray for you for? Hmm. And in that weekend, right before that shift, I was really struggling with not having the funds. And I was like, Lord, I know that you are going to provide um, it's, I'm just having a hard time seeing you right now. Can you please bring some clarity or just anything? Lord, I'm trusting that you will provide. I'm just struggling a little bit right now. Help me in my unbelief. Well, going back to these people on my last day of work, after they had asked me what they, they could pray for me for, I explained everything, the situation that I was struggling with the funds for E4, explained what E4 was, and that I needed prayer specifically just for trusting in God that he'd provide. Hmm. And so they asked if they could send me a little prayer card in the mail and so i gave them my address and a week later they had written me a check for over five thousand dollars wow that complete and strangers it was complete strangers no way. Wow. that's first amazing time Kate. i had ever talked to them um first yeah. time i had ever served them and so wow praise lord yeah god it god will provide and, and you just randomly picked up that shift yep i randomly oh, picked wow. up that shift um that we were during a rush so we just sat where we could and so we saw people where they we could seat them, and so it was completely random. Um, well, I guess not really random because God <laughs> had that in His hand. Yeah, and it lined up. Yeah. yeah. But then um, within that week, I had raised almost all of the money, and mm. a few weeks later, I was over the amount that was due. Wow! Praise the Lord. Yes. That's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. Yeah. You know that couple to just follow God's leading to give yes. money that way is phenomenal. You know, that, that's and, awesome. Yep. All they sent me was that check and a little note card that said, we'll be praying for you. Can't wait to hear about oh. how God works in your life. Wow. And that was it. Wow. That gives me goosebumps. That's <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, the next thing I want to tackle is just the challenges that are facing your guys' generation. I think a, a lot of people from my generation and older, we're trying to figure out the challenges you guys are going through, but you guys are living it. I think, Elisha, you're like 18, 19. Yeah. And how old are you, Kate? I'm 19. 19. Okay. So you I mean, guys, 18, so yeah, you guys are right there, you. 18 and 19. <laughs> but I mean, what do you guys see are the challenges? What's your generation yeah. going through? And Elijah, you're homeschooled, right? <laughs> you were homeschooled. You got to call me out like that. No, well, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I think this is a great because I was not homeschooled at all. So we have yeah. two different views here that we can help. Two different perspectives. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Me? Let's, let's do it. Uh, I don't... Uh, it's a really good question. And yeah, I was I was homeschooled, but I, you know, really wanted to get out there a lot. So I was, um, I mean, I was, I'm all, uh, an actor. So I'm, I've been, I started off in the, children's theater. So I've been doing the theater thing for a while. And so I got to just really, you know, still interact with all the, the school kids and the, the, just my generation and, and what's going on. Um, I really feel like 
a big thing is is you can say identity, which is a very very broad term, mm-hmm. but um, I think every generation has struggled with that. Every generation's had their you know their phases where there was this group of people pushing something identity wise that was like confusing. But I think right now it's it's more obviously more intended on the the gender aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I I've just being in theater. Obviously, you just everyone everyone is is in that field. Either they either they wholeheartedly support it, or they're just at least especially most of the men are just just flat out not giving like just giving into all the yeah sure I'll be you know this or girly or whatever however however, however you want to put it mm. um and just yeah <laughs> so yeah so really that attack on gender that attack on male and female the yeah. confusion there uh, that it's really being pushed I think the biggest thing was was men the attack yeah. on men for the long for yeah. the longest time it was like this this kind of healthy correction and then it just kind of over got over pushed and now we're dealing with this attack on men where it's it's bad to be a man right and you see this in a lot of the kids where they're just accepting that because it's easier to just not be a man yeah. than it is to learn what a man is and to step up for that yeah that's good yeah so i think i think one of the biggest things that i can see is it is an attack on on manhood um so yeah thanks for sharing how about you, Kate? What's your perspective? Yeah. So I grew up in um, just like the, a secular school. I went all throughout there. And my town was a pretty conservative town. But going into high school especially, um, there were a lot of challenges that um, I started seeing. And even now, my brother's in that same high school and there are just so many challenges. And I agree, one of them is the identity that we did see Um it kind of became very like, oh, what is your pronouns per se? Are you, you do you go by her right. or she? Yeah. Or even to the point where it's, do you go by they? Because you mm. don't want to go to a certain gender. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, I'd say it's very challenging to be a Christian growing up in a secular school, especially because um, if you're not Christian, then you are gay or you're a they person going by they pronouns. And if you are um, if you take the title Christian, most of them are not actually Christians. They do not mm. live it out at all. Um, they kind of, in my school, they they kind of would go to a clique to where they would say they were Christian, but they would not live it out at all. And so for me to be um, a Christian who's really focusing on the Lord, it was very hard to like have good conversations without feeling attacked at all yeah about well you what do you feel about the lgbtq community well what do you feel about all these pronouns well yeah and like any opinion that i'd have that goes along with the bible i would be um just kind of attacked for it seems like in our culture we're really losing the ability to like have civil discourse with differing ideas Mm -hmm. where it's like if you don't share the view of the mainstream you're wrong you're wrong and it's not welcomed yeah where even when I was your guys' age, it was like you could talk with people that had very differing views yeah. and, and there would be mutual respect. Well, for you, there's a general that, truth. Yeah. Here, we're be, this is an attack on truth. It's like, yeah. you know, who, what is your truth? What does right. that even mean? It's like everyone's getting their own form of reality and that's being encouraged. Yeah. And when you have everyone, ha- when everybody has a form of reality, then everyone's 
everything everyone says is exactly right. And so who are you to say that I'm wrong? Because now you're exactly wrong. And so it makes no, it, it just doesn't work out. Yeah. I want to hear more from you guys on this. Just what is facing your uh, generation. I've got Elisha with me and Kate uh, with me, E4 students at RMC. And so please uh, stay with us. We're going to be right back in just a moment on 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Really enjoying today's uh, conversation. I have Elisha Kemp with me and also Caitlin Perez. E4 is our gap year program. Really set to seek the Lord and know His heart better. It's a 10-month uh, program. And we were talking about your guys' challenges for your uh, generation. And you were both uh, sharing that all of this gender confusion. Kate, you were just sharing that in high school, you know, if you didn't adopt the, this view of the gender confusion, that you were ostracized. And then mm-hmm. those that were claiming to be Christians were, were really not living it out. So it really brought uh, some, some, some challenges. And, and Elisha, you were sharing similar things and in, in being an actor. And we were just talking on the break how hard it is to live out your faith in this environment you know and so let's let's expand on that a little bit more like how how was that for you elisha like being a a believer being young being an actor in an environment that really rejects god's design for sexuality um initially it's it initially it was pretty pretty scary in a way i mean obviously because like you're so far against that just in your ideology just like just the idea of of christian is like so far against that just by we mentioned it having its own it it having a solid truth christ being the ultimate truth the bible being the ultimate truth and now we have this and everyone's own truth just by that it's against everything already and so it was a little scary definitely um you know when you kind of start like "Ah, i guess you know um actually i think this you know like you know having to stand your ground a little bit but i found that when you kind of just uh, work, pray about living it. Like, really let the Lord lead you to living it out. Yeah, and then, you know, when it's time to to put your two cents in, then do. But then sometimes you don't, and just learning that discernment. Um, they start really respecting you. Like, I got a lot of confused. Like, they were just confused that I wasn't for like sleeping around. Was one of them. Yeah, I'm like, sure. They were just like, "What? You just, you just, they, they could not. It just didn't make sense." And I was like, "You know, just I no," and you know, and. And the fact that I wasn't going in there and smacking them over the head with the Bible, mm. it, it surprises them. It was confusing to them too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they had a respect for me almost. Mm. And it was really interesting because they started, they, they would like send people to me that had a viewpoint that they were, that they thought were like interesting. And they were like, Hey, go talk to Elisha. Cause he could, he's weird <laughs> or whatever it was. But, but it was interesting. They, they, they respected that because as I, I respected them as people, and then they just, in turn, kind of, they respected my viewpoint, even though it was so far outside of that. It was interesting to see how if, if you listen and let the Lord lead you through that, you don't yeah. just get, like, pummeled right out of the way. But, I mean, sometimes you will, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. It opens doors, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Because I think sometimes what we 
forget in this whole discussion is God really wants to reach people mm-hmm. and people are in darkness. They don't know Jesus and they're really adopting lies in the world's view and it's not working out uh, very well at all, you know, and a right. lot of, a lot of your generations from broken homes, like they, when it comes to sexuality, they've seen a lot of the abuse and the perversion and the pornography yeah. and they really don't know God's design, but Jesus loves them. He created them, wants to bring them out of darkness into light yeah. and that opportunity to live alongside of them. So how about uh, depression, suicide? You know, how would you say that's affecting your guys's generation and COVID came in the midst of all of that and, yeah, you know, yeah. it definitely helped out with that one. <laughs> yeah. Any yeah. thoughts there, Kate? Yeah. I will definitely say one thing really quickly before we move on. Um, I've noticed that like, and this can follow along with your question that you just asked. I've noticed that um, a lot of people don't know, like non-Christians, a lot of them don't know what the Bible holds. And I've noticed that in a lot of conversations when they're like, oh, you hate gay people or, oh, your book is ancient or right. any of that. They don't yeah. truly read the contents of it. Yeah, um, and they don't point. truly know like what it actually says, because when we look into it, it's not that God hates gay people. In fact, he, he loves the person itself. He hates the ideology of them being gay, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right. And I think in today's society, um, we, the, as society has started to accept the LGBTQ community, um, a lot of Christians are now starting to get hated um, because of that. And I think before, um, before society today that we see back then, LGBTQ community wasn't accepted. And so I guess it was easier to love Christians per se um, because none of them accepted the LGBTQ community anywhere. And so um, now going along the lines of, you know, depression and suicide, again, going back to the idea, I don't think they know the Bible really. And so they Mm -hmm. don't know, like, there is a hope in there. There is, you know, Christ and his love for them. Yeah. And they feel... The conversations that I've had at my school, they're just like, oh, I have to do so much to try to earn a relationship with God. And it's like, no, that's like the exact opposite of what the Bible says. Yeah. There is like, like, it's a gift of grace. And um, I think that a lot of times now, a lot of students face a lot of um, depression symptoms. And I've noticed that as I get older and older, a lot of people talk about that in schooling is that there is a lot of isolation between everybody um, because of the idea earlier of like every view is getting pushed against. And like, there's Mm. like you said, like there's not really any like respecting other people's views anymore. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it creates isolation of like, wow, like I'm not even going to love you well because your view is different than me. I'm not going to like, I'm going to put up this wall, but now I feel that nobody loves me because of that, because my view is different. And so I think because of that, um, a lot of students tend to start feeling lonely and that they're um, not loved and like they're not loved at all by anybody and that they're alone in this world and that they were a mistake. And, yeah. You know, a bunch of ideas along that line when Christ says, yeah, exactly it does seem like the isolation and the loneliness really contributes to the depression, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then Satan comes in there when we're alone and really compounds those, those feelings of, of, of depression and, it seems like to me, and I'm the old guy here <laughs> on the round the table, but uh, social media has really oh, yeah. expanded the isolation. Like, mm-hmm. even though you're connected to all these people, 
and you can message all these people and FaceTime and all those things, it can really make you feel more alone or this feeling like my life really sucks, you know, here. Because let's be honest, on social media, you just present the best side of yourself, the best part of your day. You're not being fully honest about, you know, I think of a lot of times even like couples going out for their anniversary and it's this amazing picture of them at this nice restaurant (laughs) and it doesn't show that the kids were fighting, you know, and then maybe they can't afford the meal. Maybe they got an argument in the car, (laughs) like all this reality. It's just this amazing moment. And then you're sitting at home going, oh, I wish my marriage was like that, you know? And, yeah. uh, do you guys think social media has contributed to the isolation? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, think about it. You're also creating, creating your own little world. That's another yeah. form of isolation, right? That's another form of the whole, your own truth and your own, like, there's this, there's this, I'm oppressed and I'm oppressed in this way. And this is, and you, you create this little world that no one gets to contribute to. So there's, there's no actual communion going on, even though you can talk to other people that are of the same value, stru- like that value structure of themselves, they still have their own little bubbles. And so your bubbles basically like barely bump into each other, but they're never like, there's never a real community going on. So when it comes to like social media, it's like you're creating your own little, you know, you, you post the things you like to post and you make it all look nice. So when people go on your page, they see everything's like, you're, you're making, you're making up something, you're making an alternate you basically yeah and to the point where you you even want to be that alternate you yeah you want to be the person that people are liking the post to yeah and you can't get there and so it makes you cynical about your life and about the oppression that you've accepted and Hmm. then you just kind of go to that rabbit hole of, of depression yeah that's really insightful We've got Caitlin Perez and Elisha Kempf uh, with me from E4, from Rocky Mountain Calvary, a gap year program talking about challenges their generations face. They're 18 and 19. You'll want to stay with us. It's a fascinating discussion. We'll be right back on 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. For the last couple years, at least, uh, we've been praying about how to invest and reach this next generation and One of the things that God's put on our heart is to start a gap year program, and it's come into existence, E4, and I've got Caitlin Perez and Elisha Kempf uh, with me, and we're discussing challenges that face your generation. And and Kate, what do you think uh, social media has done to your generation, and what are are the negative effects? Okay, yeah. Um, Okay, I'll start with this. Social media was a very cool way to learn new ideas and new things. But along with that, I think you need to have a lot of wisdom in certain things you navigate. So I'm just going to talk really quickly about two social media platforms, specifically Instagram and TikTok. um, As the new trending (laughs) thing is coming up. Um, So Instagram, growing up, I had Instagram in middle school and just the way it affected all of my classmates and me was just astounding. Um, we would all always follow these influencers, as they say. Oh, yeah. um, influencers, who, yep, yeah. Which the, are people who have an amount, a of followers who post about their day-to-day lives and just little things. 
But Photoshop was a heavy thing then. They would always have their pictures edited. And because as middle schoolers, we start to have that desire to look like that certain person, we would start Photoshopping our own photos. Hmm. And because of that, we are warping the idea of um, ourselves and that our we're made in the image of God and, you know, mm. our bodies are beautiful at the way that they are made. And so we would post on those Instagrams and that could also lead more to symptoms of depression because, oh, I don't look this way. Oh, like this is a hard thing to struggle with. I see this person, that person that looks perfect. And I think now social media is trying to do a better job of showing that problem, at least in a way. Um, influencers okay. are showing like, oh, look at this photo. Like this is what you see, especially makeup artists. They will show their finished products of, oh, they're smooth, clear glass skin. And then they'll be like, in reality, that is not it at all. Mm. And now there's filters and there's a lot of encouragement to put filters on everything and to edit photos like that. And I think that that, again, goes back to now you're warping, you know, who you were made to look like. Right. Yeah. And now we're all trying to get that same perfect body, which is not. Not even attainable. It's just such, yeah. A, yeah. It's just such its own little planet. It's just so like. Uh, oh, just like too much for me like it's all it's all its own little like world and you yeah. step into it and then you're just lost from reality mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of it's just kind of dark yeah. Yeah. and then yeah, even further like on tiktok which is a very um fun platform but um you only post average 30 seconds per video so that is as much as you see of someone's life is yeah 30 seconds and a dumb little dance with yeah or something. <laughs> well not even that but like now they're showing like oh this is like a day in my life and they're showing all of the yeah. perfect parts of their day of their right. life everything is so staged now so where you're like oh my life doesn't look like that like again those symptoms of depression start to come in if like yeah. i like if i don't like look like that then i'm nobody right you know i don't have anything and I think that is a very dangerous thing. I think mm. that social media has caused us all to try to be the best versions of ourselves, try to be a mini God per se, right. you know? And I think that but it gives you the, the criteria of what to meet. And for that, it's like, you must have six pack abs and you must buy oh, yeah, this clothing and you men. must have this sort right. of hair. And yeah. And once you do that, then you're valid again. And then you get right. all these likes because I don't know, I guess they find that attractive. Like personally, what, what, and then yeah. like but, to take know. it further it's supposed it's made to connect everybody but then you try to go face to face with a group of people and half of them are on their phones now yeah just yeah. trying to keep up to date with what their followers mm-hmm. are saying or liking this or like oh my the influencer released yeah. another video let me go watch it and so i can like i've been known to do this where i'll get on tiktok and i'll be like oh my gosh it's been two hours and i've been scrolling <laughs> this whole time yeah, right yeah. and i think that now tiktok while it is a fun that, platform That's what happens to me on Craigslist. <laughs> that, that, that's the, the old man downfall yeah. is Craigslist. on Craigslist. So let me ask you guys this. How do you navigate it? Like how have you gotten rid of social media? You know, have, have you spend time on it, but you think of it through a biblical filter? Like right. how, how do you navigate it? I think that you need to, you know, you, we can, we can talk about how, how awful. And it is, it is kind of a little bit much. I mean, I think we could do just fine without it. Um, however, since it's here, it's like, oh, um, is there a positive to it is the next question. And I think, yeah, sure. There can definitely be a positive to this. There's a, there's things you can use. I mean, me, me personally, I just, I don't, I have a social media for, uh, I do uh, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, but I don't um, <clears throat> post my daily life on it. Yeah. I post, I use it as a platform to house my, my art or whatever else I'm doing. Um, that's sort of like, any sort of future employers for me, like a director, whoever can go okay. on my social media, just like basically it's a fat resume. Like, Oh, this is what he's all about. And they just, I post things 
in maybe motivational links or some some speaker that I like and to just use it as Trying a way to, get to like truth out and meaning to talk yeah to start that conversation but then I want to talk in person or want to talk you know but it, it's a good way to like have a you know you don't want to be completely just like ignore it because that's where like everybody's at so you want to at least be able to, to kind of enter that realm just enough to like start pulling people out of it or just talk to them at least so you can't just ignore it right you gotta kind of yeah, I think, so. again, going back to the point of, like, you can learn so many new things. I have learned so many new hobbies off of, you know, that TikTok social TikTok, media really? platform. I have learned a lot of new cool skills, and you can kind of keep up to date with the rest of the world in a way. But I think you do, sure. like I yeah. said, have that wisdom in it of knowing that, hey, what I look like is probably, like, not what I look like, what I look at is probably filtered. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. what I look, I like right. the people I look like, at, look at probably don't actually look like that in right. real life. Yeah. Um, and just knowing like, okay, like, you know, it can be fun to look at for a little bit, but is, am I running to it when I'm anxious? Am I running to it right. when I don't have anything right. to do? Am I like, am I idolizing this now? What you because, run to is, is your God. Yes. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're feeling, you know, weird that day and the first thing you do is you just got on that social media to get your head out of it. Like that's your God It's like, yeah. I've heard it said, you know, everyone's got a throne in their, in their, in their person. Like it's, it's also I think Jordan Peterson came up with this idea. There's, there's this hierarchy, you know, of in your life of the value hierarchy, and what's at the top of that is your God. And for some people, it's science. For some people, it's cars. Family. And you know, for whatever. It, yeah. But for our generation, it's primarily social media. Is at the top of the hierarchy. Like, what do they like? The first thing that they do is take a picture for it. Like, yeah. it's it's the top of their value hierarchy. Right. And when their phone goes away. They're not worried about their text messaging or they're not really worried about a lot of other, they're worried about their photos and the social media that they're going to like their, their plat. Yeah. Like what if I can't yeah. get back to my account? And like, that's what they're worried about. Cause that's their life. They've, they've put so much into it. They've, they've invested. It's, it has all the value. It is, it is their God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that I did to, cause I kind of had a social media addiction for a little while, yeah. um, going to that secular school. I have noticed that when I did truly start putting God above it, um, I was on it less and less. And then right. I would slowly try to be more in the moment, take less pictures for social media. Hmm. I rarely post on there now. And the only reason I have it is to keep up with friends and family who don't live in Colorado or don't right. live yeah. anywhere um, close to here. Sure. And I think that just being like caution of, the, of like, I'm going to live in the moment. I'm not going to take a picture to post on that. I'm not going to take a picture of what I'm eating. I'm just going to eat it. And I'm going to talk yeah. with my friends and family <laughs> and yeah. communicate. Yeah, right. and yeah. I'm going to be right. face-to-face. They don't face. need to know what you have yeah. at Starbucks. They don't and need to know about that pumpkin you know, spice. <laughs> a week later, it might be cool to look back at that photo of your food. But in years to come, like, yeah. what's going to matter more is the memories you made and not the photo you yeah. took. Well, thank you, guys. This has been a fascinating uh, conversation. And I'm really glad that both of you are in uh, E4 and you've taken that step of faith. And uh, we just want to give a shout out to E4. If you're thinking about something like this uh, in in the future, you can find us at armcalvary.org or call uh, the the church office. And we'll be praying for you guys as you go uh, through E4. And thanks for speaking on the challenges of your your generation. So thanks for coming in. Of course. Thank you. This has been so much fun. (laughs) I really enjoyed this. Yeah. So I kind of roped him into it, roped both of you guys <laughs> yeah. into it. So no, he's like, you better sit down or else I'm kicking you out of you for a conversation. No, this has been an absolute blast. I hope we get, get yeah. it ever. Me too. Yeah, so we'll funny. have to have you guys back. And it's really good and important for us, I think, to hear from your generation, from your perspective and what 
uh, you're facing. And so thanks so much for listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Remember, you can find this on a podcast. Would love for you to get behind it. Just search Crosswalk Colorado Springs anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And we'll be with you Monday through Wednesday right here on 100.7 The Word. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.